Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to Duty Talk. I'm your host, Janice Tunnell, for today, April 30th. Thank you guys for tuning in. We're glad to have you on the line with us tonight. Um, I see the phone lines lighting up, so thank you guys for uh, tuning in. If you have a comment or question for us or for tonight's guest, please give us a call at 914-803-4399. Again, that number is 914-803-4399. Let's turn it over to uh, Denise really quickly. There we go. Good evening. Good evening, everyone. Thank you guys for joining us uh, once again. Um, I will be out on Twitter tweeting our guest responses and any of your questions. Again, as Janice just gave out the number, please feel free to call in on the call-in line. I wanted to give um, a quick update for uh, the powder group. They are offering a deal on their membership in honor of the makeup show this weekend, which ends tomorrow. They're offering their buy buy a year, get a year free um, offer to their global powder group community uh, just for two days only, today and tomorrow. Um, You can register this weekend and receive all of their upcoming, um, the Powder Group Pro exclusive programs coming in the next few weeks. Um, They also have at least two more uh, brand partner gifting programs coming up in the next couple of months. You don't want to miss out on that. You can become a member today. So, again, uh, you can join for the first time or you can renew by Monday, May 1st, and get a free year when you buy a one-year membership. For more information on this, you can go to thepowdergroup.com. 
All right. So we're not gonna we're not gonna uh, prolong anything at all tonight. We're just gonna jump right into the conversation. Um, our guest is celebrity hairstylist Miss Shornell McNeil, and I'm gonna bring her on the line right now. Everybody, welcome Shornell to the show. Hey, ladies. Hi, everyone. Good evening, everyone. Hi. Hey, Shanel. Hey, Denise. Hey, Denise. Hey. Um, glad to have you on with us tonight. Um, you know, we're working together, so I decided it would be a great experience to have you join us um, as one of our guests before we wrap things up. So why don't you start off the conversation tonight just by um, introducing yourself to our listening audience and tell us a little bit about where you're from, how you got started as a hairstylist. Oh, well, thank you for having me. Um, Certainly an honor for you guys, you know, asking me, uh, I guess, you know, to have this platform and want to, you know, kind of communicate with people. I normally don't do this type of thing. Um, I've explained that to you. <laughs> and, um, but I'm I'm just um, a, a chill um, hairstylist that enjoy doing, you know, what I do. It's been something that um, I pretty much had naturally and knew that from you know, a, a very young age, uh, you know, through the course of my life, you know, I definitely, it's just something that grew. Um, even, you know, having other jobs, I used to work, well, I used to live in New York, and I used to have this, I used to be a supervisor in um, Chelsea Market area. I was a supervisor for um, Amy's Breads. Um, and worked there and, uh, got fired <laughs> and it was an unexpected, um, situation that happened with single mom at that time, single mom in my head, but I was this, you know, a guy that was pretty abusive, um, very controlling and, you know, those type of things. So kind of led me to, you know, I got fired because there was a lot going on in my life. Um, then I decided to move to Georgia. I didn't have any family here or anything like that. Um, and I remember, you know, my coworkers asking me, so what you going to do next? And at that point in time, um, I just realized that I just wanted to do me, what came naturally to me, um, and at that time, I didn't know, like, hairstyling and being a um, a cosmetologist or this industry, I really wasn't connected, didn't know anyone really um, in this industry. But I just knew this is what came to me just, just naturally. So didn't want to work for anybody else again because them firing me was pretty traumatic for me. Um, came to Georgia, hopped up and... I'm just, just telling everybody, like, hey, I'm going to move to Georgia, and I'm going to be a hairstylist. That's all I said. Came to Georgia, became a hairstylist, uh, opened up the shop. Um, I was the co-owner with a shop um, in Lathonia, Georgia. 
and just pretty much did my thing and and grew from there. That was that's that's basically you know kind of where everything kind of started for me, and I just continued so, doing what I enjoy doing. So you didn't so you didn't start doing hair in Brooklyn. It all started when you came to Georgia. Yep, pretty much. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I did hair in 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 New York, which I'm from mm-hmm. Brooklyn, New York, Crown Heights, and um. I, I did hair there, but it wasn't like I had clientele. I wasn't a hairstylist. I was not a licensed hairstylist. It was just something that I did on the side. Like, you know, I would do my own hair or my family members would come to me and be like, hey, Chanel, can you do my hair? That type of thing. I was an assistant for um, uh, a hairstylist, very well-known hairstylist um, in Brooklyn, New York. I think I last probably about a month. <laughs> there um, <laughs> but she was uh very busy very popular and even at that time I didn't even see myself doing this like it was just a job and um mm-hmm. and that was it it was just me wanting to work be independent and make money um until gotcha. I got fired that's when it, that's when it hit me like you know what I really don't want to do this for anybody else, I feel like I can make it on my own. I feel like I can be, you know, um, an entrepreneur. I felt like it was just in me to do my own thing. I did not want to clock in and, you know, do those type of things. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I got fired and came to Georgia and I said I want to be a hairstylist. And I went to um, uh, the cosmetology school off of Candler Road. It's called the Hair School. It's not there anymore, but yeah, that's where that's where everything started. So you you moved to Georgia. You you mm-hmm. went to cosmetology. You went to cosmetology school. Um, yeah. And then after cosmetology school, did you you go into salon ownership right away, or was it something that eventually happened? It eventually happened. So I worked in, like, two salons. Um, my clientele started to grow pretty rapidly. Like, things started moving for me pretty well. Um, worked in a salon. Um, the owner of the school opened up a salon. I can't remember the name or where that salon was, but it was in, you know, it was in the Latonia area. Um, mm-hmm. And then I moved to a salon uh, at Stonecrest and then one really close by to where I live. But yeah, clientele really kind of started growing pretty well for me. In the beginning, of course, it was just me introducing myself, getting myself out there and all those type of things. I did, you know, flyers, free hair, <laughs> Come and get your hair done, <laughs> you know. Um, please tell a friend, a family member, all those types of things. But then when things started growing and clientele just started, you know, um, spreading, you know, my name, people just started seeing their hair and those types of things. Like I was really, I specialized um, in haircuts and uh, sew-ins and those type of things. And, yeah, just things just started moving. 
what were some of the challenges that you faced, um, you know, moving moving to a new state, being a single mom, trying to start a new career? What were some of the challenges that you faced? Mm, Support. Um, Support. Um, And um, saying, uh, I want to say, Staying focused on 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 the path that I had decided to take because you know cooking is is another thing that I enjoy doing. I love mm-hmm. to eat and I love to cook. Um, so then that was. Um, another thought that I had encouraged a lot in my mind to do, but staying mm-hmm. focused, maybe just wanting to be, you know, successful and wanting to make it for, for, for my, for, for my baby. So, and, you know, I was kind of like torn down with the abusive relationship. So it was just like, right. you know, just, yeah. Trying to do what I need to do to survive. Right. Mm-hmm. Understandable. Um, so from the salon, at what point did you start working with celebrity clientele? So I had a client, her name is Shannara Renee. I don't know if she's online, but um she knew this um she had a friend in Vegas that knew Mila from 702, where my girl's mm-hmm. at, from the front to back. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, <laughs> Mila was moving here. <laughs> Her and Soshal um, were together. She was moving here, right, and needed a hairstylist. She, you know, suggested that she would come to me, came to me, and some ever since then, you know, she's pretty much kind of, you know, been my um, my client. She invited me to come to a photo shoot. This is the first time I've ever been invited to a photo shoot. Didn't know what a photo shoot is about. Nothing, just just completely clueless. Um, went to the photo shoot, and the photographer's name was um, Derek Blanks. Worked with him. Thought the day went pretty easy. Wasn't much for me to do. Not me being, you know, in the salon doing 20 heads, 30 heads a day, standing up, you know, for a, a good amount of, you know, money. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. my eyes lit up. <laughs> and I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I just did you today. <laughs> and this, I mean, I, it just, it, it was a, a good amount of money. It was, mm, the work was not as, as hard or expensive as, you know, when I'm in the salon. So I started to network, spoke to mm-hmm. um, makeup artists that I worked alongside with, Saisha Bisham. Um, I think Jeremy was there too, and, you know, those type of things. Kind of getting uh, uh, kept in contact with them uh, via Facebook. Um, and then Derek had posted do um, if there's anybody out there that want to work alongside with me to do this magazine shoot, please contact me. So I thought that was my way in. So I contacted him, 
told him, you know, that I would love to work with him, and I don't know if he remembered me from working with him with the Mila shoot. He said yes, he did um, remember me. So he sent me the information. Did you say something? No. Oh, so he sent me the information, and so I was just like, okay, wow, I'm in there. He's inviting me to work on this magazine with him, right? When I got there, there was like 30 other hairstylists I was working against, and it was a competition. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) So my heart dropped, (laughs) and I was like, wait a minute. I didn't know I was competing to get this position. Anyway, I got there. Working with the Nessity um, models, we had to pretty much do their hair. They explained what they wanted. I did it, and that was that. Um, at the end of the day, pretty much, you know, they came down to like two or three people. They said they would call us to let us know who, um, you know, would get the position. They ended up calling me and said that, you know, I got it. And from ever since then, I pretty much started working alongside with Derek with um, some of his main uh, celebrities that would come in town and work with him. And if they didn't have a Mm -hmm. hairstylist, I would be pretty much, you know, the main hairstylist that he would call. And so that's where it started. And then I worked with with Lawrence, um, hairstylist Lawrence. He came in and... He was just saying, hey, Chanel, um, you don't want to be in a union? I said, what is a union? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a union for hairstylists. You know, that's what I do. You know, that's how I work on movies and those type of things. And so, from a, you know, when he said that, it, it, it sparked more interest of this industry. And, of course, you know, I looked into it, did all my research, uh, did what I needed to do to accumulate my hours and my time to get in, and I got in. And so from ever since then, it's like doors just continued to open when I decided to do, you know, what God gave me naturally, which was, you know, being a hairstylist. Wow. Now, which year, what year was that um, worked with Derek? Ah, uh, oof. Some years ago, I can't remember that. <laughs> it was, ooh, that's a long time ago. Wow, how long ago was it? How long ago was that when you met Lawrence Davis? And um, say that again. It was that when you met Lawrence Davis and he talked about um, getting into the union? It was so many years ago. It was probably over seven, seven years ago, seven, eight years ago. Around 2016-ish or so. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember the first project that you worked on? It was that magazine show. Oh, but you're talking about once I got in the union? Yeah. Once I got in the union, um, I kind of kept it on the low. I didn't tell anybody that I was really going, you know, for that. Uh, once I got in, my friend um, Darian, yes, Darian invited me to um, do this show called Donnie off the 
Donnie After Dark. And unknowingly at that time, like, I didn't know that I was the department head for hair. But, you know, after the show, he told me that I was the department head for hair. Um, and I was working with um, my friend now, Soretta Bell. She was the department head for makeup. Um, so we we worked pretty tightly that day. After that day, um, I met her at the union um, meeting, and I approached her and uh, told her, you know, hey, you know, worked with you on, you know, Donnie After Dark and just wanted to introduce myself to you. I'm telling you, that meeting, when I went to that meeting, first of all, it was intimidating. Secondly, it was like a mean club because nobody, like nobody approached me and was just like, you know, hey, welcome. It was not really welcoming. So I sat by myself for majority of the meeting. Um, then eventually, you know, it was just like, let me go ahead and approach her and talk to her. I gave her my business card and I said, hey, not really sure how this works because at first, I thought that once you're in the um once you're in seven ninety eight then automatically work comes to you. Didn't know that you kind of pretty much have to be connected with <laughs> you know different people and different things to get things moving you know so that's 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 what a lot of people think that once you get into the union that the work comes you no. Know. They're not a hiring hall. They just, you know, support you with labor relations types of things. Right. So once I got there, you know, I tried to, you know, network as much as I could. Introduce, I told her, you know, hey, you know, spoke to her, gave her my contact. That was a Sunday. The next day, um, a hairstylist friend of mine, her name is Coco, um, Coco White. Carol White, Carol White, um, she called me and she asked, you know, if, you know, if I needed work and that she was looking for a hairstylist to do um, Boo. I think it was Boo 2. Boo 2. And I told her, definitely, I'm, I'm available. And from there on, you know, this work continued. I worked on Walking Dead. This is like so much you know, just things just started aligning. It's just, it just, doors just kept opening. And that was that. So basically, um, just from that experience, from going from, you know, working with a photographer to eventually working on film and TV sets, can you tell our audience, like, what was the difference between you know, doing hair for photography versus hair for film and TV. What are some of the differences? Time in. I mean, you don't have all the time in the world to, you know, to do a person from start to end in. Um, That's one thing. You have, like, sometimes 45 minutes to do what you need to do to get this person ready for a set. Um, support also. It's like, you know, once you're in the union, you have a team or a family of people that 
um, are in this game with you as far as, you know, um, making sure that you're treated fairly um, in this industry. Um, what else can I say? Uh, it's a different level of creativity. Um, you're not necessarily going by what that person wants personally. It's more so creating a character, the person that this person is playing, not say if you were in the, you know, you were, uh, if I'm, I'm, I'm working with you on set, Denise, and you came to me like, hey, I'm Denise and this is who I'm playing. I can't say what Denise, I can't do what Denise wants. I have to do what this character um, wants and what the director wants and those type of things. So it's, it's, it's that part of things. That, those part of things is just what's, what's different. Right. And working um, what kind of advice would you give to an up-and-coming hairstylist who's, who may be working in the salon um, or, or just a freelancer out there uh, doing photo shoots and <clears throat> things like that? What kind of advice would you give them if they're interested in doing film and television work? Nobody's journey is the same. So... I've I've had a lot of people approach me on saying like, hey, how can I get in the industry? I really don't know. Um, I just would say, you know, connect with someone that's in the industry, and if there's an open door or an opportunity for you to get in, then and and it's for you, it will happen. So there's no there's no, uh, like, blueprint. It's everyone has their own journey, their own situation, and how this happens. But if you stay connected and true to what you enjoy doing, um, if this is something that you um, have a passion for, I say just do it, even if it's sometimes for free. Even if you're doing volunteer work, um, I feel like education is is really great. As much training and um, practicing and continuing to do um, what you need to do to get to the next step, I think is a great way of, you know, going about this. Because it's it's just something that's just you just have to be prepared and ready for that when that moment comes. And if right. you continue to strive for it, um, eventually it'll happen. Because nothing that we do necessarily it's it's like my life. I don't necessarily feel like like my life is already ordained. It's like. You know, things are already mm-hmm. supposed to happen for me, you know? So if you just continue doing what you're supposed to be doing um, and you, you're you doing it with passion and this is what you enjoy doing and, and it's coming from your heart, eventually these doors and these avenues and opportunities will will present itself. It's just it's, there's no actual way to say, hey, this is how it's done. Right. Okay. 
agree. I think you just Early. need to stay the course and continue doing the work that right. you need to do and, and you know, keep yeah, believing that it's it. going to happen if that's what you really want. Right. Keep believing that it's going to happen if that's what you really want. Because God has definitely given this to you for a reason. And and mm-hmm. and every level of you doing this matters to life, to this world. You know, okay. whether you're a celebrity hairstylist, whether you're in the salon, it doesn't matter. You're contributing what God has for you. Absolutely. Okay. I um earlier I heard you say you know, you gave out your business card, um, you know, and that that's a form of networking that you don't see often. We were at an event last night, and everyone, when you were trying to exchange information, people would um, pull out their phones and pull up their IG accounts and, um, you know, have you put in your account. How has... Do you still find those old methods like business cards and comp cards, do you still feel like those are um, important things to have when you want to network and and, and get your um, business out there, or, or have you kind of adopted the, the new way of doing things and pretty much just pulling up your IG account? Has social media helped you in any way? to advance your career or or, or, or and, um, gain more um, clientele? I think social media is, is effective. Um, this day and age that we live in, um, technology, just all this, you know, the way we're moving, if you're using it in the right way, you're using it more in a positive way, um, I feel like it's effective and I, I, and I, I enjoy it. Now, you know, the old way of doing, oh, well, the older way of doing things with, you know, business cards and those mm-hmm. type of ways to connect with people, I feel like those, that's still effective too also. But it, mm-hmm. it just depends on the environment um, and different situations. I feel like being prepared with business cards, social media, all forms of, you know, people seeing, you know, your profession or what you're trying to promote, I feel like it's it's great as long as you're doing it positively, yeah. The social media thing is like, you know, if you're an I, – I just don't like the part where it's negative um, and it's not being promoted the right way, but I feel like social media is a great platform. For, for business, uh, for businesses, and for what we do, yeah, for sure. Now, from from the time when you first moved here, and and you know you got your license to become a hairstylist, and you started working in the salon, have you seen any changes? I mean, besides social media, because I know that's a a big thing. I mean, social media may have been around when you first started, but um, have you noticed any changes in the hair care industry um, since you first started to now? Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> I've heard um, a lot of people talk to me about 
you know, how you can make an appointment and um, you have to come to the salon with your hair already shampooed. Pretty much you've done most of the work. <laughs> and then that hairstylist are just like flat iron your hair and they're charging you like, you know, a, a mass amount of money. Um, which I'm not mad at that. You know, if you feel like that's that's what your business is about and that's how you want to do things, I mean, that's you. But um, as far as customer service, yeah, customer service is not the same anymore at all. Um, right. We're, we're definitely declining in that area of things. Um, I'm sure that, you know, there's a lot of businesses that's out there that um, still – you know, stand on their integrity with customer service. But um, I feel like customer service is one of those things that's kind of like not going in the right direction. <laughs> right. Um, the YouTube and, you know, all those type of things. I feel like life has definitely changed. And as far as, you know, being a hairstylist, now a lot of people go to YouTube to kind of, learn how to do certain things and then they'll come to come to the, the hairstylist feeling like they're a hairstylist too also. Mhm. Well, why why do you why do you feel like that's happening? Like why why do you feel like people are turning to YouTube? I mean, I could probably oh. give you a reason why I think, but I mean, why why do you think that's happening? I mean, it's just because social media is a thing that the we're connected and we're um, able to see so much more than back in the day. You know, this um, the Internet is, is giving so much information. People are feeling very independent. <laughs> and if they're feeling like they can save a coin, <laughs> of course they're going to go there and try to, um, you know, to, to do things on their own because, you know, it could be the economy. It could be all sorts of stuff, like, you know, and just wanting to learn more about your hair and being more interested in understanding your hair and wanting to explore what it would feel like to be able to do your own hair. I mean, I can understand the, 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 the feeling that goes into that. And then, like I said, customer service. Like, people are not doing, they're they're not in tune with customer service as much. Like, they're not nurturing and, and helping people and 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 giving them the care that people desire anymore. So they're like, what's the point of me going to a salon? Let me just go ahead and just try to do my hair on my own and save this money, you know? Absolutely, right. because the hair, care is no, the hair care is no longer there with some of right. these hairstylists. Right. The stylists yeah. aren't educating themselves the way they should be. Right. And they're then there's a lot trends. of trends. Yeah, not, not up on trends, not going, you know, just not taking things seriously. These hairstyles are educating themselves on YouTube. Yep. Yeah. 
I mean, there's certain trends that's going on now. It's just like, ugh, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? I, I think I the can't, thing is. I can't. Is, mm-hmm. No, I was going to say, I think the thing is at this point with some styles is just book as many people as you can um, versus, you know, really booking and spacing out those appointments where you can give you know, a client, your full attention, um, you know, and, you know, um, where you can give the client the full attention and where they can leave having an experience versus an assembly line situation <laughs> where you yeah. just, just trying to knock them all out. Yeah. I think that's yeah. where we are. Yeah. It's about just, I, I could book you know, a whole lot of people, and 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 then that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's about the popularity thing. You know, yeah. so Absolutely. a lot of times, you know, I've heard people be like, "Hey, I'm, I went to this very popular hairstylist on Instagram. You know, she got all these followers, and da da da." And then when you go there, you ask for one thing, you come out looking something else. You, it's just like not what you asked for, your hair is damaged, all those type of things. So, you know, we have a lot of that going on, too. Mm-hmm. Because hmm. yeah. people are not taking it as seriously. You know, it's all about the popularity thing and, like, how you are able to um, grow your social media doesn't necessarily mean that you're a good hairstylist just because you have a million and somewhat, you know, followers doesn't necessarily mean that you are a great hairstylist. Mm-hmm. That's true. Now people, I feel like people are getting fooled in that area too a lot. Yeah. Well, and I have a couple you know, of, I have a couple of hair myths um, that I want to throw out um, and get your thoughts on. Um, And this is is something that's really big um, because a lot of times we as black women, you know, we go to so-called protective hairstyles. Mm -hmm. Um, So I want to know if this is true or false and why. Braids. So the myth mm-hmm. is that all that all braids are protective hairstyles. Is that true or false? I would like to think that that is false. Ah, uh, that's false. Yeah, false. You know, not mm-hmm. all is um is protective and protective hairstyles. You know, it just depends on the quality of hair that you use too. Cancalon, sometimes people are allergic to that. Um, it's, it's, it's damaging to the hair sometimes. Um, it's yeah, Sometimes people grow massive dandruff with that. So it's not, no, um, not all the time I would say that. So that's why I would say it's false. Okay. Um, let's see. And for me, I'm thinking that it's false because I'm thinking that um, sometimes depending on, like, the styles or whatever, 
Um, Absolutely. So there can be a lot of pressure on the hair mm-hmm. follicles, I would think. Tension, yes, definitely. You have to mm-hmm. be careful with that, um, you know, depending upon how you just say, for instance, cornrows. And then one of my favorite hairstyles that's out now that's considered protective um, is the, the Folox. Love Folox. Um, it just mm-hmm. depends on the hair that you use. Sometimes it's super heavy that, you know, is straining on your, you know, um, your edges and those type of things. So you have to be careful with, you know, some protective hairstyles. So, yeah. Okay, so the next myth, um, you should focus on the mid-shaft of your hair and below as that's where, hold on, just lost it, as, as that's where you get the most breakage. From Say that again? You should focus on the mid-shaft of your hair and below, as that's where you get the most breakage. Why is that? You should focus more on the mid-shaft of your hair. That's where you get the most breakage. People are, I think, thinking more so, you know, um, you know, the bottom half of your hair is where you see most breakage. But I'm thinking that, for me, I would think that um, caring for the scalp, you know, and the roots of your hair would be very effective. It's like if you're trying to grow your hair and you're trying to retain your length, I feel like mm-hmm. I feel like the scalp is just as important. I mean, I'm not a hair person, so I'm not, you know, don't know everything, but that's what my thought is. Well, I mean, I wouldn't say your main focus should be, you know, the mid-shaft down. I just feel like your scalp should be your main focus. What you consume um, should be your main focus. And it's not necessarily that, you know, damage and breakage, it can occur all over your head. It's like it's everything. It's your whole head. <laughs> so it's not mm-hmm. mainly anywhere because it depends on, you know, what you're dealing with, the person, and what they do. It could be if, if a, a person pull their hair up um, often with ponytails, a lot of times, you know, it's um, their edges all over. So it's it just depends on what you're doing. I don't think there's, like, a main place. So I would say that's mm-hmm. all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about some people think that this is another myth that split ends are repairable? Mm. Uh, I would say that's false. You have to cut mm-hmm. those split ends off because they continue to split. Mhm. Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, they can split all the way up to your to the root, correct? I mean, yeah. at that point, yeah. it's coming out. You have to cut them off. Once they're split, I mean, it's it's done with. I would say, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. From my from I my think. experience, it's done with. Mhm. 
Okay, here's a good one. <laughs> this is something that I've, I've heard talked about a lot over the years. If your hair looks dry, add oils and grease your scalp. That's all. That's all. So how, I mean, that's just a myth. That, that's just a myth that we, you know, we grew up with. Of course, I mean, you know, people we can do that, but um, a lot of oils and you know grease is just not good for your hair all the time. Um, it 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 can stunt your growth and all those types of things and um, shine. You 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 have to have healthy hair. To really see shine, um, mm. that's mainly what you healthy hair. You know, um, you know, inside the cuticles, you have to make sure that you are in. You know, putting in good things in order for it to to actually shine. But oils and grease doesn't is not the answer to that. Is what I'm saying. Right. Healthy hair is. Right. Yeah. How how about leave-in conditioners are not made for black hair? No. Leave-in conditioner is made for all all types. And what's, all what's the importance of the, what's the importance of the leave-in conditioner? to condition and moisturize your hair. So, I mean, that, I mean, and I, I asked that question because for people to think, for people, I asked that question because for people to think that leave-in conditions are not made for black hair, I'm like, why wouldn't they be? I mean, right. the purpose why is, like you said, to moisture and condition hair. I feel like some of our hair textures need the moisture. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, black hair needs moisture <laughs> for sure because it can get too dry and brittle, and, and and that's where breakage comes. Mhm. So we definitely need the so moisture. True. So so true. So it's definitely made so, for us and all different types of hair. Mm-hmm. So the, the last myth is um, cutting your hair or, or trimming it, rather, um, helps your hair to grow. I agree with that. Mhm. I agree with yeah. that. I've, I've seen it. <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. I have a, a too. fresh trim. Yeah, like yeah. Is, how mean, how often often do you think that someone should get their hair trimmed? It depends. It depends on that person's hair. Um, relaxed hair is um, a certain amount of time. Uh, natural hair, it has a certain you know um, time that you would do it. I mean, of course, I wouldn't trim a person's hair every week. Every two weeks, or you know, five, six weeks, seven weeks in between. It really, truly depends on what you're doing with your hair. 
to determine the amount of time that you or when you should trim trim your hair. It really just depends on what you're doing. Color treated hair, relaxed hair, natural hair. It depends. Depends. And so that mm-hmm. that's it. That's more that you know certain things like that comes with um, you know training and and, and a, a a consistent um, um, you know uh, uh way of like when you're doing hair consistently and repetition and all those type of things it's like you you tend to start learning different things and it's not it's, it's like you're singing with the hair it's like hair is just not just this one thing you know you're, you're learning that person's hair you're figuring out their habits and you're asking questions when they're in the chair, you know, what are you doing? Are you on medication? You know, those types of things. Sometimes hairstylists, you know, have to be intimate in conversation um, to kind of understand how to, you know, to continue to treat this person's hair. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I like to ask this question um, every once in a while. Um, what would be like your dream job? Is there something that you haven't done thus far in your career, but that you would love to do? What would that be? I would, I, at this moment in time in my life, I would probably travel the world and taste different foods, deal with, you know, different cultures and people and taste their food. And it kind of gives me an insight on, you know, who they are and the type of, you know, life that they live, those type of things. If I can get paid to do that, that would be my dream job. Oh, wow. (laughs) Wow. Get in tune with different cultures and, you know, travel the world and taste their food. Wow. I think that, you know, if you all all didn't hear earlier in the show, Chanel is a foodie. She loves food. She loves to cook food. (laughs) You know, normally when I ask that question, somebody might say, oh, I would love to work on this type of project or work with this particular person. She wants to eat food, and travel the world. I'm not mad at that at all. <laughs> I do. I, job. <laughs> I mean, Especially that's probably to add to my career, I guess my next move, honestly, is, you know, to have my own spice line, you know, be able to, you know, just travel the world and, and get to know you know, different cultures and, and what they enjoy eating and, mm-hmm. you know, those type of things. You know, I'm from Guyana. I don't know mm-hmm. if, you know, the viewers know South America and, you know, consider the West Indian, you know, place in in, in South America. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I was brought up with different spices and, um, 
different things to eat that I incorporate with, you know, the things that I grew up here, um, you know? So it's interesting yeah. to me, you know, when I right. taste different things. It's just, it sparks interest in me. And, and, and so that and, the listeners, so that the listeners know, like we watch her make certain <laughs> dishes on Instagram. But we've been joking all long that she never brings any of this stuff <laughs> that she makes <laughs> to work for anybody to sample. <laughs> Only because I'm super busy. But you guys will have Sweet. the opportunity to, you know, indulge Excuse in something for our kids. We'll wait. We'll continue um, to wait. Only because I'm super busy. <laughs> <laughs> If I can get paid to do that, that will be an absolute dream of mine. Um, mm-hmm. And then if, you know, if I'm being invited as a, a food critic, I wouldn't mind that. Oh, nice. That would be nice. I mean, I love, I love hearing this because it, it also shows artists out there, hairstylists, makeup artists, um, what have you, that, you know, everything that you do or all the passions that you have, and I'm not speaking this for everybody, but, but there are people out there who have more than one passion. And so everything for you is not about hair. You know, you, you, you love to cook. You love to eat. You love to try these different dishes. You want to experience different cultures and, and, and the foods that they like. You know, for somebody else, it may be, you know, makeup and photography or, you know, mm-hmm. you know hair mm-hmm. and something else. So, it's good to hear that people are interested in more than just whatever it is that, that's paying the bills right now because um, I think we were talking about this earlier today, Chanel, that, um, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes your life, especially in this film and TV industry, your life can be work, home, work, home, and whatever responsibilities you have at home, whether you have a family or, or you know, mm-hmm. or something, you know, something else. And you not really exploring and getting to tap into some of the other things that you um, that you enjoy. So it's good to hear yeah. you. It's good to hear you say that. That's the first, you know, since mm-hmm. I've been asking that question. That is the first um, that anyone's nice. ever said anything like that. Yeah. 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 Um, well, my I mother, she, she asks about it all the time. She does. She's like. You're not gonna do some hairline. You're not gonna. I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm not into <laughs> hair, uh, hair like you know, having a hairline and you know, doing those type of things. Now, hey, you know, I don't know what the Lord has you know for me. I'm just living every day, day by day, and you know, but what's uh, the passion that's in me, I, I I like to encourage those type of things in me. And I like to, you know, look into those things and um, indulge and just do the things that I enjoy doing. And as I get older, I I really want to do what Chanel enjoys doing, not what everybody else is doing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's just that. I like to I like to know what Chanel likes to do, what I enjoy yeah. doing, and I do spend a lot of time by myself, um, trying to just discover what what who who Chanel 
is, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love yeah. it. I love it. In one, wo- in one word, can you tell us, and this is our last question, in one word, could you tell us what your definition of beauty is? One word. God. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. I love it. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you being on. I know it was uh, uh, kind of a last-minute situation. <laughs> but yes, was great. And you know, she was like, she was like afraid to do it. Yes, I was. Cause this is actually the first time I actually accepted, um, you know, a, what you would call this an interview. <laughs> Who'd you call this? <laughs> this is the first time I um, accepted, you know, something like this. I've had, you know, a few people approach me about this type of thing, but I always kind of like, you know, just stay away from it because I'm not like necessarily into like, you know, those type of things. But um, today happened to be National Hairstyles Appreciation Day. So I was just like, oh, well, look at that. Did you know that? Well, look at that. No idea. <laughs> look at that. <laughs> so I was yes. like, okay, yeah. we did this on yeah. um, a really good day. So I appreciate you all, all the hairstylists out there, and thank you so much, Denise and Denise, for having me. Um, I enjoyed it. It wasn't as, you know, as bad as I thought it would be. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, we greatly, we greatly appreciate you as well. Thank you so much um, for joining us, and enjoy the rest of your evening. Well, thank you. All right. Oh, talk right. to you later. Bye-bye. And thank you guys for tuning in as well. We greatly appreciate it. Um, I know I've been kind of switching back and forth on the time for the show, but we should be returning to 9 p.m. permanently. <laughs> starting next week for um, your participation and your patience. We greatly appreciate you. Greatly appreciate your support. Have a wonderful evening, everybody, and have a beautiful and blessed week. Good night. Good night.